Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. What is up, soccer people? This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your host, John, and across the microphones and cords is my soccer sidekick, Nate Morales. Nate, have you warmed up from the summer trip to Duluth? Uh, I mean, I... I, I, you've got to be kidding me. If It's almost June, and it's that cold there. Why the hell do you live there in the winter? Dude, I'll tell you what, though. I would have way rather have watched that game in like the 50-degree foggy weather that we had than deal with 100-degree weather down here in Minneapolis. So I was happy to be up in, in beautiful Duluth for Memorial Day weekend. Well, uh, here's the thing. But I any, say any I'm... other weekend, I would not be. Yeah, I didn't say I... I would rather have played it here. I'm just saying, like, come on, man. That's it's crazy how cold I, it was. It totally was. Um, so, anyways, this week we have got a lot to throw at you. We break down our game versus the Donkeys. Uh, City participates in another scrimmage against Minnesota United, but this time it was our 23 team. Uh, and we take a look at the MPSL North table and get you all prepped for what is geared up to be an insane month of soccer. Exclamation point. So much soccer. So much soccer. Uh, we'll also preview our upcoming game against VSLT and get you fired up to see lots of goals when Eris comes to town. Saddle up, partners. Let's ride. Well, John, uh, all my fingernails are gone because I chewed them off in Duluth. That what, uh, what a tense game. It was very tense, but you know, for me, it was less like fingernail chewing and more. I drank so much water nursing a nasty hangover that I had from... <laughs> from Saturday or from Friday night, um, I drove a van up there. I got a nasty case of the nervous peas, though. <laughs> so like, I had so much like Gatorade and water in my system. It sucked, dude. I was up and down all game. Once the game was over, I, like I would fired up murder murder one, which is what we call our our van, uh, and I drove it home. And I didn't have to pee the whole drive. It was like the nervousness, like all got out of me in in the first. Uh, during the game, so but yeah, the pee was I, an excuse to warm up because those bathrooms are heated down there or up there in Duluth. Yeah, but I'll get I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So who did we bring? Well, the starting lineup for this game was Big Game James in net. We weren't expecting him to be there. Um, he thought his cabin was four hours away from Duluth uh, in Leech Lake, but it's really two hours. So he made the drive. So that was nice. Uh, we had Ao, Max, Trey, and Shuck as our back line. We had our holding midfielders of Steve and Max Murakami. We had Martin at the 10 uh, to start. M- Matt Murakami. Matt Murakami. I don't know why I said Max. Well, uh, I know why you did. <laughs> <'cause> it, <laughs> we had Martin at the 10, Josh De La Rosa making his city debut as, as well as Will Kidd on the wings and Brandon McGarity. Up top. And on the bench, we had Matt Elder, Whitney Brown, Tim Wills. Was Tim Wills there? Yeah. Uh, no, Tim was not there. Oh, okay. That, that explains why my numbers are off. Siku Chroma, Ben Wexler, Juan Luis, Mark Haight, and uh, Nick Hines. So one thing to note about Josh De La Rosa is that he is 
seven months back from an ACL injury. Yeah, he's the like guy a, that Matt Elder destroyed. Um, and then he and he so he hurt his MCL and that put him out for the summer. And yep. then he went to went to he's, he plays a, a Bethel Royal, so he plays for uh, the soccer Buddha. But he um, it, it's it's almost like Adrian Peterson like that he is back to that level of athletic ability after a full ACL tear just seven months ago. So very impressed with that. Absolutely. So risky, risky start, uh, but he's, especially against Duluth, who's a very physical team, but he held his own. He did, he did all right. And he's not, uh, not injured. So we traveled with, with that full roster and oh boy, we ended up needing those dudes because there was one late (laughs) roster change to note. One late roster change to note was that Max Stewart ended up not being able to travel with the team uh, for personal reasons. So our midfield probably wasn't what we game planned for all week. Was it? Uh, that's true, Nate. It, it it was not, but we had Matt Murakami on call. Um, he did, you know, join us for the match when we went to uh, South Dakota, um, and we we're, we're able to plug in, you know, a U twenty three player, which a lot of clubs don't have the the they're not afforded that ability to for us to quickly go down there, grab a guy who can plug a hole, and uh, it it worked out. Yeah, that's his uh, third appearance, I think, for City already in this young season. Uh, he has to be doing something to impress week in and week out with the U23 squad. Yes, absolutely. And we'll and we'll get to him a, a little bit when we talk about uh, their first match of the season. All right, so we lined up against an interesting Duluth side that is missing Kyle Farrar, and it turns out he's hurt, uh, missing Tom Corcoran, missing that Ramos guy that got hurt a couple weeks ago, and their replacements, this is the weird thing for me as I'm looking at this the the program and I'm trying to take notes, the replacements used the numbers of Kyle, Tom, and, and Ramos, which I thought was strange, but like Duluth almost, like they only bought so many kits, and they, <laughs> they've only got so many in in, in the bag. So it kind of made it hard to know who was who. But um, did we know about that Friar injury beforehand, John? Did that affect our plan at all? No, I did know about uh, about it, but I kind of didn't want to tell the guys just because you never know if those guys in Duluth maybe wanted to pull a fasty on us and do like a game of switcheroo at the last minute. Yeah. Um, but first, can we talk a little bit about pregame, Nate? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get there a little bit earlier than I do, so I'm sure there's a you, you get to see, see some interesting stuff. Okay, so the same thing happened last year, and it's so stupid, it, and it's a little bush league to be quite honest. Um, and I don't know if it's intentional, but it, it kind of seems like it is. We we were trying to prepare for the match, and we were just constantly bothered by club personnel for a roster, and then they didn't have one to give us. So we were like, "Give us your roster, and you can have ours." This is how it works. Yep. Then they're asking us where the substitution cards are, and and then. We left the field to check. Uh, we left for the field um, out of the locker room to kind of just do a field check and just guys kind of like to go out there and run around a little bit before the warm up start. Mm-hmm. And then we get back and the goddamn doors locked to our locker room and we were I mean, we were, we were gone for like five minutes. Um, and I get it's kind of part of game gamesmanship, but it got real annoying. This guy who I think he was just in charge of the away locker room was just trying to constantly come into our locker room, ask us for stuff, tell us something. Um, and so we didn't really care about it. It was like, get out of here, guy. And, and this, and as far as like the game day paperwork thing, why the hell would we be in charge of printing and bringing all that stuff? Like, we are the ones that are in charge of one thing when as an away team, and that's printing <laughs> out our roster and bringing it with us. Yep. Other, than, other than that, it's the home team's responsibility. It's just aggravating to me. It's just the little things that get under my skin. It's aggravating to me. But how many goddamn soccer games are played up there over the past two years in this league that they haven't figured it out already? Um, and yeah. I don't know if it's on purpose or not, like I said. It's just a little old. Well, if they um, haven't but, figured it out, then yeah. that's ridiculous. But that they're probably doing it on purpose. 
Right. So anyhow, that's how I started my game day experience. <laughs> so just already just full of frustration before and, before kickoff. And, and nervous peas. I yes, mean... <laughs> and the ner- <laughs> a bad bad start for John Bizworm. But the yeah. the Crows uh not unlike you, also had a bad start. So we did have a chance right away in the fourth minute as Brandon found himself one-on-one with the keeper, but he couldn't find an angle to shoot. He was kind of trying to move to the left around around the keeper. The keeper kind of kept his angle right, um, and then he ended up closing him down um, by a combination of the Duluth keeper and a defender coming from off his left shoulder stopped him. Um, but, you know, he the, the thing that kills me is he if he would have looked up, he had Josh De La Rosa all alone on the far post. It would have been probably one of the easiest goals and one of the quickest goals that that kid has ever scored in his life. I think uh, he slipped a little bit on the turf. Like Brandon? I think he got yeah, I think he got in between like decision making, kind of like that the, the FIFA syndrome we talked yeah, yeah. about. Yep. That that he like kind of slipped and he, he he and like the only thing he could was pull off a half chance. He hesitated like he thought about shooting, saw Josh, couldn't pull the trigger on either, ended up making the sh- decision to shoot and it went right, yeah. right for the keeper yeah. yeah so early on i would say this game is the exact opposite of our dakota game like last week we were able to hold possession we were e- able to easily win it back this week we played a majority of the first half in our own third struggling to stay on the ball making really bad mental errors that should have put put us down early like nine minutes in steve gets a yellow for a bad tackle from behind and that's just too early for your starting mid defending mid fielder to get a yellow card now he's got to play 91 or um, 81 plus minutes trying to avoid that second yellow hoping hoping to not get it and in 15 and 16th minute bad passing out of the back leads to squandered Duluth chances like there were two two chances that they should have uh should have buried right in a row there and at 21 um, a Martin foul leads to a Duluth free kick from 30 yards out so again my fingernails were taking a pounding dude, like 20, <laughs> 20 minutes into this game, and it looks like we are going to throw it away. And you had to be just grinding your teeth. Uh, kind of. Still on that nervous P train. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we were, I think, respecting our game plan too much, I think. Uh, but but we followed what but you know we followed what they told the guys to do in some, some sorts, which was uh, expect the long ball and then let them play all day in the back. Which which we did we you know we 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 were we hunkered down a little bit because we knew that everything was going to be long uh, regardless of who the striker was up top we we knew they're going to try to get the ball to their wingers and serve crosses in and and they they did play that style but I think we were a little bit too hesitant to uh, to pressure them mm-hmm. so I, I think well, the problem being Nate is when we got the ball like you said we were really deep and we didn't really move well off the ball at any level of the field. So with lots of side to side and and backwards passing, nothing really going forward. Um, it didn't make many mistakes though for us. So we didn't lose a lot of the the ball in our in our third, but we just weren't dynamic to start the game. Yeah, I mean, I counted. I stopped counting because I was freaking out about it. But we like four times in the first twenty minutes in really significant spots that could have led to led to goals is a little concerning. But I guess it could have been worse. In the 23rd, though, Will Kidd gets served this long ball over the top from Brandon McGeerty, who was playing very deep. He had come back. Uh, he had checked back quite a bit. He And Will fights past defender on his right shoulder in order to, first of all, gain possession and keep possession. And then he puts a right-footed shot past the onrushing keeper. And suddenly it's one nothing. Like, this is... 
Well, first, two things on this one, John. McGarity, first of all, was all over the field, depth-wise, side-to-side. He was trying to make some stuff happen, uh, and finally it did for us in the 23rd, which is a little different than he'd been playing before, where he just kind of dances on that line and hopes to find a through ball. Um, And second, that was a goal that was scored off of pure willpower, Get it? Uh, get what I'm saying? There? <laughs> yeah. no, no, but pure, yeah. pure willpower. As as Will fought for every inch of that turf, not only to get possession of that ball, but to uh, but to fight the defender off and be able to be able to rip off a shot. I was really impressed by that effort. The whole thing was actually created from something really simple that Chuck did. So he basically said, "Screw it," and he and when I say screw it, like I'm not going to pass the ball side to side and try to switch fields. Um, and he moved the ball forward, beating a guy with his patented chazzle dazzle step over, and he got into <laughs> an, an advanced position that caused the their players to collapse on him at at a higher level yeah um into their defensive third and then he finds the checking McGarity who typically had a guy on his back but in this case he had time to turn because Chuck created space for him by drawing players to him so Brandon turned and then rather than you know trying to dribble immediately hit the forward advancing ball to a, a very dynamic run by Will Kidd um and there we are we're, yep. we're up we're up one nothing and, and it just showed that when we do try to get dynamic we make things happen yeah the team's ready for it man i think will was the only bright spot in in that early going because then he came right back down the field fought off um a number eight i can't remember what his name was and he pulled put a shot kind of across the goal from right to left just wide left and, and i was thinking to myself like we're kind of playing duluth's game at this point, we are only looking dangerous on long balls over the top to our guy, Will. Yeah, I, you know, I thought outside of him scoring the goal where he just <laughs> he stiff-armed the shit out of that guy. <laughs> yeah, he just shrugged, <laughs> he shrugged him off, like swatted him away. It was pretty great. Yeah, he he, he did the old patented Heisman stiff arm. Um, but he, I thought he was the best player for both teams on, on the field. And, and like he said, our, our only our only bright spot. Um, he was trying to make things happen. You know, he fought hard for every inch. And I mean, Duluth is a game when we play against them. It's tailor made for his type of style, and it just showed. And I, mm-hmm. I also found out that he, <laughs> fun fact, he carries a bag of potato chips in a soccer bag to help keep cramping down. <laughs> oh, so, okay. How does that? So, what is that? Is it because they're salty or you get the? I, I think so. I don't know. It's just another little fun fact that no one knew about Will Kidd. Interesting. He's a he's a he's a funny cat. All right. And then in the thirty seventh minute, uh, unfortunately, the the lead would not last. During I think some messy play in front of the net, a few missed opportunities for a clearance. This uh, Soru Wakabayashi finds this finds the ball at his feet. <laughs> Great name, by the way. It is a sweet name. He finds the ball at his feet, and he just calmly finds a passing lane over to Garga, who did not miss, and suddenly it was 1-1. This felt like a goal that was born of the mistakes and the sloppiness that really was a long time coming. I really don't want to talk about their goal, Nate. <laughs> it's just a, a, like you said, it was a total bucket of slop. Um, you know, it was a good finish, but... We, we got disjointed centrally because one of our center midfielders had deviated from the the plan of staying connected and, mm-hmm. and went went kind of rogue to try to apply some pressure. And the rest of the team just did not follow suit in behind him. And and it caused it created a huge gap in the middle of the field. So that resulted in the the initial pass that they they played in from the back line to their center mid their their uh, their number six in the center mid, and then um, our our central midfield players had to step to that player 
And what it did was it allowed him to get the ball wide to this this guy, Kobayashi. Wakabayashi. Uh, <laughs> and in, instead of it, um, it, it, basically it created a 1v1 with, with him instead of a 1v2 where a, a center midfielder could slide over and help and, and maybe cause him to go backwards. Um, but he just took what we gave him. He beat three players on just, I don't know how, um, who were occupying their other assignments at the time and then slotted just a dribbling pass through. It was a good first touch by Garga, and then he finished 1v1. And Wakabayashi. Can, I, can I say this? Yeah. Um, he was named, Wakabayashi was named to the, the league team of the week. He's not that good. <laughs> and he ha- he had one assist on basically a busted defensive assignment. Can we get over that players who are average get attention versus us for doing pedestrian soccer things? I, I kind of find it, it gets a little bit old. Uh, unless it's a, a culmination of what he did during the snooze fest versus Med City since he had two games last week. Yeah. But, but that was just him wasting long ball after long ball over the top. Yeah. So I'd like to see the rationale for that nomination. Um, you know, if, if anyone, I would have given it to Joe Watt. I thought he played a fantastic game against us and was their best player of the night, including the, the guy who finished the goal. So yeah. I just, I saw that today. I was like, come on. So really? I, I get that the, the, the good people from the NPSL probably don't watch every game, but that means that you'd have to look at the, at the box scores and and think that a clean sheet and an assist over the course of two games is worthy is as worthy of a player of the week nomination as a hat trick i don't know Uh, whatever Uh, that seems strange (laughs) Uh, and if they did watch the games they would know that he wasn't that great but anyway um so the first half is over and my thoughts are just City was looking iffy in the midfield, especially. We were pressured out of possession very, very frequently. We spent way too much time in our own third. Super dangerous. I could not believe we got out of that first half, having given up only one goal. But so far, um, Duluth didn't have to pull out any of their dirty tricks, which is which feels pretty good. So what gets said in the locker room when you squeak through uh, one half, only tied 1-1? So we did three of the five key things that we talked about before the game. Um, So it really was us recognizing that we were not that great in the first half and we gave up a lazy goal. Mm -hmm. So basically it was identifying that and and just like exposing the elephant in the room and just to talk about it. And and then it was, let's, let's get back to the plan, let's sharpen up and let's move forward. So the second half, unfortunately, John, started off just like the first. In my in my mind, totally lackadaisical. We're making lazy pass after lazy pass, but this all changed in the 54th minute when Ben Wexler comes in for Matt Murakami. That means Martin moves back to another hold, to the holding midfielder role. Ben moves up to the 10 uh, where Martin was, and suddenly the whole team looks more comfortable on the ball. The pressure changes immediately. Wex moves us forward. Wex is able to turn in tight spaces. Wex is able to keep keep control of the ball when he's challenged. Um, and Duluth counter that by putting Sean Morgan in for this dude, Liam Moore, who was already on a yellow. Uh, Sean Morgan seems like uh, a, a very similar player to Wex, but a little more dangerous with the finish. 
Well, I thought it was interesting sub for them to be quite honest. Morgan looks out of shape, I think, and mm-hmm. and versus what he looked like last year. I thought he was a little more dynamic last year. Um, he seems just a step slow, and I thought Liam Moore, um, shitty man bun and all, was actually causing us more fits than Morgan did when he came in. So, so I don't really understand what that change was for. Maybe this was more of a reputation change, or like uh, you know, at this point we got to put in someone who should be able to finish better and Sean had that ability at least last year and maybe a little bit this year, but like you said, might be losing it. So finally, to continue the the excitement building for City, Whitney checks in for Josh De La Rosa and Whitney starts making runs. He's looking dangerous. He's beating guys. Um, he's, he's, he, he's making space for other players uh, with his runs. Why, oh why, John, did we <laughs> save Whitney for the final 30 minutes of this game? Whitney came out of training this week with a groin injury. And it's nothing too serious. Obviously, you saw he could play, but it was one that we had to be cautious of. So you kind of get put in a dilemma. If he starts and he tweaks it again early um, because he wasn't a full 100%, then we're right back to the drawing board. So our thought was let Josh get in there, use his energy, run their guys down, and then insert a fresh Whitney to kind of bottle up his action a bit in a smaller period of time. Yeah, it was nice to see Whitney come in. I think the one thing he had over Josh, obviously, beyond um, that ability to make runs is, you know, Josh did make some iffy decisions with the ball. He was part of the problem kind of in our midfield as everyone was hanging back and trying to move from side to side. Um, But, you know, again, first start for City, usually on the U23 team and coming off of an injury just seven months ago, I think... 70 minutes or uh sorry 60 some minutes of work was was great 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 for him mm-hmm. yeah i agree so at 70 minutes juan luis makes his city debut uh, it's a night of first for minneapolis city in duluth uh juan luis comes on for brandon mcgarity and at this point both teams are going to start to push for points because we've got two speedsters with one or uh we've got really three speedsters with whitney moves to striker then we've got juan and will on the wings um going forward with more direct more directness more frequency and and i'm thinking like something's got to give either someone's going to score or someone's going to get beat on the counter but really at (laughs) none of that happened at 80 (laughs) instead in the 87th minute ao gets pushed down from behind after a hard check so he makes a hard challenge um to stop the counter which we saw coming, which is fine. Um, but then he's pushed down from behind into the player that he had just just fouled, just been called the foul against, who is Garga. And and who do, who the fuck do you think is right there in his face when he tries to get up? It's that bitch Sean Morgan. <laughs> so, of course, a fight's going to start because AO is a hothead and Sean Morgan knew it and he came after him on purpose. And Joe Watt comes over and pushes Max down for no reason. James has to pull Steve out of the fray. This <laughs> here, finally, John, is the Duluth team that we are expecting to see three minutes before the end of regulation. And, of course, the line judge just stood there and he watched. He did nothing. He did lit- literally nothing. Like, didn't even, like, raise a flag. Like, no. his only job, right? Like, like call, call the foul, it. do something, talk to the ref, talk to the to the ref and tell him what you saw. I think only two yellow cards out of this, AO a yellow and uh, Sean Morgan a yellow, was in- so surprising, considering there was an unwarranted shove. There's probably some punches thrown in that scrum. Who knows? Well, and I think the thing, uh, when you talk about, like, Joe Watt pushing Max down, I think he just put his hands on Max to kind of, like, get him out of the fray. You think that was a flop? Oh, I think so. Oh, okay. It didn't look like it from, 
from the when I watched the replay. But of course, yeah. like you said, the replay, like the replay is a little deceiving in, in some yeah. cases. So I've been waiting to talk about this all week. <laughs> so the foul was a hard one. And Ao was the aggressor, and he was called for that foul. He wasn't trying to be dirty, if you watch the tape. He was just, like you noted, trying to stop the counterattack because they had numbers behind. And that's what a defender is supposed to do. So I'm not saying that we're, you know, we're given a pass here on this one. You know, that, that sparked up something. So he pulled the guy down. And, and look, people, um, everybody needs to get over the fact that the games versus Duluth are going to be chippy. And... And call and calling each other out for things on either side, like it's gonna happen, so we gotta deal with it. What what I don't like is just because both players went to ground that Sean Morgan came running in, like like you mentioned, and retaliates right after. And it wasn't even close. Like Ao and Garga, like they got up, they like, picked themselves off the ground, and they're they were they they were totally ready to move on. Yep. That's why Ao gets pushed from behind in the back. And, and the whole thing starts at that point. So, like I said, it wasn't City's fault for the, it was City's fault for the hard foul, but the bullshit that followed after was all Duluth's fault. And there's, I'm just, uh, I just get tired of it. So I'll give our guys credit that they went in and tried to like, they tried to get AO out of trouble, a little bit of peacekeeping there, um, and then to see other Duluth players rushing in and pushing guys around, like that's the kind of shit that the refs have to stop. Um, you know, it's no, it's no new thing that th- they do that kind of stuff, and the and the league has to no- notice it, and yep. the referees have to do a better job yep. of it. So um, it was it was really just dumb shit across the board on both sides, and and look, it looked way worse on tape, like you mentioned, than it, it did live. My favorite thing was James carrying Steve out of the pile. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of bodies in there, and then you see Steve being carried out like a toddler tossing a tantrum. It was it was awesome. I would <laughs> say, like, live, it looked like there were some punches thrown. There was just, everything happened so fast. Everything, everyone was, you know, crammed in the middle. You were looking for something to happen. When I watched it on the tape, it I, I would agree with you that it looks worse because you can rewind and see exactly what happened and how really stupid it was and it how it was stupid. It's so transparent that Duluth is getting is getting Duluth. They're getting to be they're they're Brit- they're they're turning their British hooliganism up and trying to goad us into making an, a mental mistake, someone losing their shit, someone getting a hot head, and then they get. You know, then we're down to ten men for the for the last five minutes, and they've got a better chance to win this, as Duluth tends to do as games run out of time. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we I'm glad we got out alive for the most part of that. Just a couple yellows, but one last development before the end of the game. It happened right in front of me. Wex went after a fifty fifty ball. He kind of he was kind of sweeping the leg, and he he his leg hit uh, hit the other guy's leg, and he screamed immediately. He he got up. He tried to put some weight on it. Didn't work. He was done. So we're gonna get back to that in sort of a post game injury report. But he was down and out, and it was really worrisome uh, for the guy that was really the spark plug to to any yeah. city any city creativity for the second half. But in the end, after some more physical play, Siku Chroma goes down uh, for a little bit, and I'm thinking, like, we're out of subs. This is going to suck. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we, we were able to kill the game and come away with a 1-1 draw. Last week you said that our keys to victory were playing a complete game and coming away with points. Um, another one is play our game 
and don't allow ourselves to be kicked out of the game, even though Sean Morgan tried, and finally to convert our chances. So three out of four, John, that's not bad. I'm starting to get good at this stuff, Nate, aren't I? Yeah. So. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, one one thing, too, was because all these guys were dropping and we'd already made all of our subs, you saw that Mark Haight actually slid into the central midfield to, to kill the game I out. did see that, yeah. Uh, and it was good to see that he had the ability to do that, and, and we know he can. But um, the funny thing was, is after the game, he was, he was saying, he's like, I got in there and I, I was talking to Steve about what he wanted me to do, and Steve was like, dude, there's two minutes left. Just fucking run around. <laughs> 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 why first what's you get for asking a 20 year old yeah like what what, what do you want, what do you want me to be just 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 do something i don't know man <laughs> yeah so um i think outside of not finishing we did all right nate and mm-hmm. every time we can keep a team from taking all three points from us is super positive on the road especially um but i i really do think that you know if i'm if i'm both teams uh if we were full strength um, and healthy on either side of the of uh, the coin here, that there would have been more goals in this game than there were. Yeah, John, I think you could say that we escaped with this point, but with the Duluth roster being what it was, missing three of their key players, I think that we we may have squandered two points, but I guarantee that they're coming away from this thing thinking the same. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, if I were them, I'd be pissed about this one. I mean, we gifted them a chance back into the game, uh, with kind of some sloppy defending, and then they they count, but they countered our changes with, you know, putting on Morgan for a guy that w- who was less dynamic for a guy that was actually causing us fits, and then they put in another center back I think who could just kick the ball further. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they would do that, um, but they missed just as many shots at a winner than as we did, if not more. And if I look at that match. It's the flip side of what what we saw last year. We yeah. started out not getting the results we wanted and drop drop some points at home, and they've struggled this year. and And they can't be happy about this draw. And I, I believe it's four draws in five matches, um, with their only win coming against Aris. Yeah, it's unbelievable for Duluth. Right. So Nate, player of the game. Okay, so my player of the game is Will Kidd. I think we mentioned it earlier. He was the Lone bright spot in our first half with his physicality, his tireless work rate, of course his goal. Uh, gotta respect everything that Will was doing for the team out there. Right, exactly. I think my my player of the game is Ao. I think that he's played fantastic all year. Yeah. I think that he finally is over the. He had hernia surgery at the beginning of last year, and I think he's finally fit from that. And he he loves playing soccer, so he plays a lot of it. And I think that he's just showing what he can do when he's in shape. I mean, his his challenges are are most most times than not timely. You know, you think about the one that caused the 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 fricus, <laughs> the the dust up, mm-hmm. um, the whatever you want to call it. Um, but out, I mean, outside of that, he's just playing good soccer, and I, I think he shut Joe Watt down and in and limited his his dangerous points, even though I thought he was the player of the game for them. Yeah, yeah, so I'll go with AO. That's good. I think I would would agree with your assessment as well. I think there were a number of times, especially late in the game, last five minutes, last ten minutes, when it was starting to get real dicey, and we were were absorbing quite a bit on on the counter, quite a few crosses, quite a... And AO was, as usual, a very solid defender. So, John, finally, what can you tell us about these injuries we picked up. We know Wex went down. We know Brandon came off with an injury. We know Siku was down for a little bit. No game against Duluth is going to see any team come out unscathed. Um, right. So what uh, what can you tell us about how we came out of this one? 
Well, so Wexler's injury is kind of still in the balance. Um, you know, he, he was at training this week and he, he looked, he was moving better than he did after the match. Um, but it's definitely, uh, could be a serious hamstring injury that is something that we have to keep our eye on. I believe he went in for another look at, look at things. Um, like I believe he, he either went in to see, um, David Bloomquist, our head trainer, um, or he went for a scan today. I haven't I haven't touched base with him, but <laughs> his his could be a serious one. As for Brandon, his is also a hamstring injury, not like a, a flirting with like a tear that yeah. that that uh, Wexler might be, um, but something that could also be serious uh, as we go into you know uh, some some heavy uh, heavy games on our docket. Um, Siku's fine. He just got stepped on. Oh. Uh, and and Whitney um, was held out of training for precautionary reasons to make sure he was he was up uh, you know he's up to speed for the weekend so right. so yeah I mean we we didn't come out unscathed um, potentially some seriousness to the injuries that did happen um, but you know we uh, we move forward right on so that draw at Duluth John keeps us in second place we have a game in hand however behind the surprising VSLT team this year and their hot start taking a look at the table VSLT is in first place with a record of 4 wins uh 0 losses and 1 draw that gives them 13 points that's pretty good but they've played 5 games so we're in second place with a 2 2 win 2 draw record which gives us 8 points we're like i said only played 4 games uh, which puts us in second above the Twin Sharts, who are 2-1-1 one, and one with seven points and four games played. Duluth is hanging down at fourth place, hanging in there only because of the complete mediocrity of the rest of the table. Uh, they've only won one game, like you said, against Aris. They've got four draws otherwise on the season. Seven points still, pretty decent, um, but that's five games played. So we're looking real good compared to them. Med City... Uh, Wednesday night beat Sioux Falls. Duluth and Dakota drew on Wednesday night, so that's kind of where these draws come out of and these these extra victories come out of. Uh, the Med City now is 2-2-1, finally starting to win again. They have seven points. They're behind in goal differential with uh, four goals versus six for Duluth. Dakota languishing down there in sixth place. One win, two losses, two draws with five points. They've got a negative five goal differential so even if they start winning they are at a massive disadvantage here uh, Mm -hmm. trying to trying to make these playoffs Uh, and they've got five games played sioux falls like i said dropped that game to to med city so they're at one win three losses and a draw with four points and of course eris at the bottom of the table zero wins five losses Um, so if you if you look at it nate med city or I'm sorry, Dakota and Duluth, who were the table toppers last year, only mm-hmm. have one victory this year, and each, it's yeah. each both versus lacrosse. Yeah. So I have, if I'm them, I have to be thinking like, what happened? What? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I think they both did get a new coach, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Mm, interesting. Uh, the only thing I would I would be keeping an eye on is that the Twin Sharks are right on our heels. They're also. Only they've also only played four games, so this game, these next games coming up in the next couple weeks are going to be important. Like you said, Duluth total disappointment this year. Dakota looking like a near disaster. So, but John, what I want to do right here, real quick, is look ahead to the month of June. We have nine games this month, which to me feels insane. 
Uh, of course, <laughs> it would be it would have been eight, but we had to get that the game against Twin Stars rescheduled for later in June. But I'm going to look on the bright side here, man. I think that they are at least spaced out in our favor. Does that make sense? Like nine games over the course of four weeks, not going to be easy, but, but hear me out. So after VSLT this weekend, we have Eris, which means we can basically throw out our U23 squad. (laughs) Then, then, then we're away at med city, which is going to be a, a game to take seriously. Then there's the Thursday reschedule away at the Twin Shards, which is basically a home game. So it's not like there's any travel involved after right. that. After that, you know, drive down to Rochester, and we've got a good chunk of rest. So and we've got three, four days rest before we play the Twin Stars. Then we're home against Sioux Falls, who again we can ease up again, ease up on some of the uh, some of our our starters. Maybe rest them because home against Twin Stars next, then away to Eris. <clears throat> which is, again, I hate to say it, but a free space. And then we're home for VSLT and Duluth. So despite these tight turnarounds between games, it's almost like every other game is is one we can rest up. We can use as as a, a way to recuperate and just kind of keep warm. Right? Right. I would totally agree. What we also get, like you said, is little travel coming up mm-hmm. as, as you see the second half of our schedule. It, it is favorable to us. I mean, if we can crack the code against VSLT this weekend, we have a game in hand and and own the head-to-head points then. And if we continue the, to grind out results until guys get back and fully healthy, um, you could see us building uh, on a uh, already good position uh, as we get, we kind of unfold the, uh, the first half of the, of the season. Yeah, so if I were if I were you and I was playing fantasy manager, or if I'm playing fantasy manager and you are obviously the football director, um, you know I would say, look, throw throw everything we got at VSLT, knowing that we've we don't have to worry about personnel issues coming up on Wednesday. We can play our game on Wednesday. We can throw our guys out, and we don't need to rack up the goals, but we will. We're almost guaranteed a win here. Don't want to, you know, there's a point oh oh one percent chance that disaster strikes, but. I doubt it. Then, then you know, like I said, we can send our full squad against Med City, full squad against the Twin Stars, rest up against Sioux Falls, full squad against Twin Stars, rest up against Eris. Like, it's this is going to be great. Um, but the first thing we have to do, John, is figure out this VSLT game on Saturday. What's going on with this team? Why are they so good all of a sudden? Okay, it is derby time, folks, despite whatever the Duluth supporters group says last week was. Um, so we travel to the Jimmy this week for the Green Line Derby on Saturday. For those of you who don't get that reference, now is the time where you turn the show off and you go to bed because you got to figure it out. <laughs> well, there are people that could be listening from across the world, John, through the magic of the internet. Okay, so I'll bite. Uh, the Green Line is the train line between Minneapolis and St. Paul. There so, we go. There you go. And so you're Minneapolis City. VSLT plays in St. Paul. Green yeah, Line Derby. So there you go. Green Line Derby. Uh, we won the series versus <laughs> VSLT last year, winning our first match of the year, one nothing, and then clawing back in a great game um, at home, two nothing, uh, two to one. Yep. Um, in a must-win scenario, they've leveled up this year, Nate. Uh, almost completely rebuilding their team in uh, in quite a few key areas and sitting on top of the table, as you you noted. Um, 
and and it, it would dictate that they they have leveled up. They replaced and you know some age in the back line with much younger, um, more athletic folks. They leveled up at uh, the central mid position with guys who actually have professional playing experience, uh, mostly in Central America and like lower divisions, but guys that can play. Um, and then they got more dynamic on the wing and brought in an attacker that can finish at a more consistent rate, as mm-hmm. well as shoring up the goalkeeper spot. So basically, um, a whole different team than what we saw last year um, <laughs> they've, they've not only changed the personnel but they've adapted a style that is different than what they played last year but it's not dissimilar to what you see elsewhere and what other people are doing however um they're executing it so they sit super deep and they bunker down um when they win when they win the ball they look to get direct either via the long ball or a direct ball on the ground to a, a number nine or a number 10 that, on the ground that's kind of checking too. Uh, and then they spring their their wingers and their wing backs. Yeah. Um, they can, however, play if they put the ball on the deck and keep possession. It just seems like everyone else in the league they would rather punch out of matches with the long ball than they would to try to create chances by keeping it. So, oh well, that you know, to each his own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, they're deadly on free kicks, like Martin Brown Jr. Deadly, um, and they've scored uh, quite a few goals via the the free kick route. Um, or on uh, on corner kicks. Yeah, two or and, three. Yeah, and they've won four games this season with three of them coming via the the very unpopular scoreline of one nothing. So it looks, you know, like they basically they they don't uh, they don't they don't come out swinging. They they let the game come to them. And for this game, I, I look for it to be a super close one. However. The it's razor's edge. One team could jump out fast and keep the pedal down, depending upon how things shake out. Um, you know, in, in an early first half scenario. Yep. But here are my keys to victory. My my old granddad keys to victory. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've I've been I've been hitting on uh, either three of three or four of four lately. So so here we so here we go. So the first one is don't get antsy if if they park the bus. And what we need to make sure is that we're our guys aren't aren't pressing too hard and and we're we're being calculated on how we attack. Um, make their winger number two is make their wingers work by paying them back uh, to make them play on both sides of the ball. The 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 one way Nate to to counter a team that likes to attack from the wings is to make those guys expel half, if not more than half of their energy defending you. So it's making, making sure that we're, we're, we're putting some pressure on those guys so that they can't, they can't always be bombing forward. Um, Number three, eliminate free kick opportunities in dangerous spaces. So, guys, you know, our back six guys, we need to make sure that they're not fouling people in areas of opportunity for for them to, to capitalize on. And then finally, the fourth one is our midfield's got to figure it out. Um, it's We went off of a game in Dakota at home where our center midfield was just a heartbeat. And I think you move into the Duluth game and you're like, ugh. That that we took a giant step back <laughs> from heartbeat to wet fart, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. And I think sorry guys. Yeah, I mean it's 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 <laughs> honesty, dude. It really is. I mean, I think the 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 last minute um, you know stuff that happened with Max and him not being able to travel really did hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think that his inclusion. Um, and he looks real hungry in training now that he's back in. I think that was kind of what added to it. But we got to figure it out in there because 
if we, if we're concentrating too much on the wingers and our central players get disjointed and there's no flow in there, uh, it could be trouble, for for sure. Yeah. So I've seen these. I've seen VSLT play a couple times this year. Stopped in to check them out when we haven't had a game on a Wednesday night here and there. And I I totally agree with everything you've said. I think last year we were for some reason there. They're boogeyman. Like we went even even down ten men, we came back to beat them. Um, we came back to beat them at home. It was it was something that we just had this team figured out. We were the we were perfectly matched for them, and I think that has not changed this year. When you talk about a team that likes to push it up the wings, when you talk about a team that likes to to bomb forward, we have the guys to challenge them on the wings until not let them not let that happen between mm-hmm. with Ao Chuck. Mark Haight, um, you know, even Nick when he comes in. So I'm, I'm excited to see how we can pin them back and how our midfield can can work through their, I'm going to say, weaker midfield. It's going to be cool. So the Green Line Derby coming up, City at VSLT. That's at James Griffin Stadium, which, is on, the, which is on the campus of St. Paul Central High School, Saturday, June 2nd at 7 p.m. Hey, I've done a little scouting. Kids under 12, get in free. So bring your kids. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Nate, as yep, always. I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to. <laughs> hey, they'll be free. Right, they will be free. Um, so after this match, we're back at home for Wednesday's game against Lacrosse Eris. I really have nothing from a scouting perspective to say about these guys other than this. To put it into perspective for those listening, since 2009 to... End of last season, 2017, they have played 83 games. Within those 83 games, they have won three of them. They have drawn seven, and they have, <laughs> lost, they have lost 73. They have, however, scored 87 goals, which, if we're doing the math, seems to be about a goal a game. Uh, but they've also given up 365 goals. They've been giving up a goal a day for a full calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the goal difference then is negative 278. Oof. Yeah. So with that being said, there always could be a trap. I mean, they almost outfoxed us uh, via South Dakota being bad at the internet reporting their score. But until they stop saying that they actually do give a shit about getting better and they actually do get better, I believe that that Wednesday game is going to be right before some U23 call-ups. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, I think this is... A team like Aris, a team like Sioux Falls, it, once we have our shit together, I think will be very good opportunity for our U23 guys to spell our regular starters and to get them ready for the uh, for the next tougher challenge, which I think is totally sweet. Uh, but, John, I'll tell you, one thing, one positive thing about Aris over the course of this year is they have held teams to fewer goals at least through the first 60 to 80 minutes. So they have focused yeah. str- str- more strongly on defense unless, I don't know, I haven't seen any of these games, so maybe it's just unless teams haven't been giving a shit until 50 to, 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 to 80 minutes and they decide, oh, let's score some goals, it'll be fun. Who right, knows? I mean, I think, you know, it's going to be a case of classic heiress. Like, we're going to we're gonna get them at a point where they're traveling on a Wednesday, how are they going to travel midweek and are guys really going to give a shit on their team anymore? You know, like you can only, you can only get beat so many times in a short season and be like, and, and care, you know, and 
we could see that happening again, but I don't know. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out on Wednesday. Minneapolis City versus Lacrosse Eris, Wednesday, June 6th at 7 p.m. This game will be played. It's a home game, but it's going to be played at Hopkins High School, which is at 2400 Lindbergh Drive in Hopkins, Minnesota. Uh, I guess there's something going on at Osseo that yep. night. So we've got, a, we've got a move, but thanks to Hopkins for accommodating. Again, $8 online ahead of time, $10 at the door. This is the game to go to if you want to see a lot of goals. It's going to be a fun Wednesday night, John. You're going to you're going to vacillate between feeling really awful for the Ares goalkeeper and feeling really good for all the city players that you're seeing score goals. Yeah, we hope so. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> shifting gears here a little bit, time to talk about the rookery. The, yeah, uh, man. The, the young crows. Croventus. Uh, Croventus, yeah. So, our... <laughs> Our U23 uh, season kicked off last night in their first match as a part of our organization. And what better way, Nate, to start off the first ever match for these young crows than to play against Minnesota United? <laughs> Jesus, how could you? Why, why would you do that to those guys? Why not, man? Get to play against an MLS side? Yeah. Um, so the, the the rookery started off their season uh, with a five nothing or five to one loss to Minnesota United last night in a, mm. a closed door match, um, as they all are because for them it's a training match for us it's more important. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw Matt Murakami score a belter of a goal off of a slick pass from young high schooler Kenlove Sloan across the across the middle, wow. and uh, and yeah he hit a a one a one touch pass the defender and then hit a left footed screamer and you're like holy shit. Where was this? I didn't know that guy could shoot. <laughs> right. Exactly. So um, they were actually under pressure, as you can imagine, most of the match. But they but they dug in and they 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 defended well. And hats off to um, Troy Lewagi and Luke Anderson, the goalkeepers who split time and kept it very respectable. It was it was actually um, nil nil at half. And then it it went uh, two nil into the 80th minute when um, we that's when we pulled that one back and then the professional side of soccer kicked in versus a tired set of crows um, who ha- are not game game re- I mean they've been training and and doing some 11s against our our MPSL team but they they haven't played a full 11 aside game together so yeah. a lot of tired legs out there and then it saw them uh, the, the professionals kick it in and score. All three goals off of their only three chances in the last ten minutes to the five-one um, scoreline. So wow, um, yeah. So all in all, you know, not not diving into it too deep here. I think it's a positive. You know, not only did we get a chance for these guys to play against the really the the best team that they could play against yeah. in the in the state of Minnesota in the market, yeah, yeah, in the market as their first ever game, um, but they got the opportunity to finally kick things off. And we are like days away from announcing the rest of their schedule as we kind of iron out some logistical details. So keep an eye out for that. But again, uh, hats off for those guys and a, and a great first match for them. And there, there probably is an opportunity for us to, to eke out maybe one or two more matches against them, one for each side. Um, you know, our our MPSL team has a full plate ahead of it, so you you think that um, if if we do get the opportunity to play them again, which I I do believe will happen, that these guys are going to get another chance. Yeah. So that is all for this week's show. Uh, thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. I'm enjoying one right now. Hey, go on Twitter. And vote for the new flavor that they're going to be releasing at the State Fair. There are a number of hilarious 
name options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw some of those. I, I like uh, Beery McBeer face. <laughs> Beery, no, they're, but they, the, the official poll that they put out, I think it was, uh, it's it, because it's a Hellas style beer, it's a Hellas Yeah You Betcha is my favorite, but you go ahead and vote for your own favorite name. A, a true Minnesotan will. Uh, Summit. A more meaningful brew since 1986. It is never too late, by the way, to buy a membership for 2018. We're barely into the season. For only $65, you're going to get a cool season pass to all city matches this summer, including the remaining NPSL games, as well as the upcoming U23 games, as long as they're not against Minnesota United, as well as a classy (laughs) new membership scarf and, of course, a vote so you can have your say in the direction of local soccer. Go on over to mplscitysc.com and purchase one or five for your whole family right now. If giving back to the community is an important part of your life, hey, it's time to give back to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides safe, reliable, and fun environments for those less fortunate young people to play this beautiful game. Look for us this summer playing with kids in parks and community centers around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a true city-focused organization. Hey, send us mail! We're getting mail every week. It is easy. Hit us up on Twitter at The People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, if you want, you can hit the club up with any questions or uh, swear words at mplscitys.com. <laughs> C on Twitter. That is all for this week. Once again, we're going to leave you with our house MC, uh, Swedish footballer Miles Stockman <laughs> Willis, aka Malaise, with a track called The Come Up. I am Nate. That is John. You, my friends, are the people. We are staying close to home this week, so come on out to St. Paul and cheer on your crows as they make Los Trapos eat El Crapo. Oh, you got hooked. Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I could staple steez, bend the gold so I'd get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized. And everything I see is make believe. Cup a bad bitch, make her wipe off Maybelline. She wanna F with me, maybe get close data G. Run up data plans, getting A to B like AT&T. Hate me when she's coming, it's the perfect time for me to leave. Patience thin is crepe, so I'm craving her creatively. Make her breakfast in bed, then have sex instead. One life, live it up. 175, Grey Goose, treat it like a sippy cup. 105 on the dash, watch me giddy up. Only one on the bench, still press the city up. No stress from the press, it ain't news, I'm getting paper. Ask for the check, first time I see the waiter. Make my own luck, knocking over salt shakers. Every September 4th, should've put in more labor. Yes, flex. Get out my lane, we ain't the same. Don't play Red Rover with the train Lingo rolling off my tongue Like a slogan spoken slang Surely spitting like this token wrote And spoke it in some fangs I could hang a vampire Highly inspired Haven't reached this height before I might get higher Crew conspires round the campfire Rolling till our hands tired Rap MacGyver saying sapphire Satire with the swag Attire you admire So well put together No assembly required Newly hired Still this heat so fire That it gets them fired Fuck boys thinking that they fresh But expired Everybody Everybody's flawed, that's just life's law. Wonder what life will be like when the ice thaw. I'll die any day, cause I'm down for the cost. Do it bigger than the Big Bang, like.
back, my name was Rush. Burning bridges with no guts. Tell her open up her jaws and feed her nothing but bare claws. All about my dough, so she want a nut. Duh, keep my ducks on the row, on the pond like what? Getting flocks at each show, giving out goosebumps. Playing with her heart, claim she playing spades. Whenever we apart, her brain ain't the same. Tickle her pussy as I tickle her ear hair. More boss than Ross, never been to a career fair. Blood, sweat, tears dripping off my upper lip on some shit. Krillin' chillin', gripping on destructo discs. Go left, go right in life, maybe eat a Twix. Rapping like a silly rabbit, tripping in the tricks. On the come up! Yeah, boy, this the come up! Whole squad about to motherfucking come up!